Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Talk About It. My name is Megan. And I'm Jackie. And today I am super excited because we are interviewing our very good friend and former co-worker, Allie. So hi, Allie. Thank you so much for being willing to come on. Would you mind just telling us a little about yourself, where you're from, what you've been doing, where you're living, all of that jazz? Yeah, absolutely. First, though, I would just like to say how honored I am that y'all just asked me to come on. But also, I'm just so proud of y'all for this ministry that you've had for this podcast. And I've just loved listening so much. So I'm just so proud of y'all. <laughs> oh, Guys, thank get yourself you. a hype girl like Allie. I know, really. <laughs> it's really, though. I mean it. Um, <laughs> thank you. But I am, yes, I am originally from a really beautiful coastal town in South Carolina. Um, but I've recently moved from Chicago. So used to work with. Jackie and Megan, and I'm now living in Denver, the Denver area, um, and attending Denver Seminary for a Master's of Arts in Clinical Mental Health Counseling. And so my husband and I just got married last summer, and so we are both in this program together now. So cute. I love that. (laughs) And their wedding was beautiful. It was like outside in the South Carolina lowlands. It was gorgeous it was, <laughs> so it gorgeous. was a really beautiful day it yes. was all right well today we are talking about when it is time to end a friendship dun, dun, dun. a really light topic <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> super light-hearted yes yeah. i think yeah this is just such a tricky kind of topic it's very complicated this is actually something Allie and I have bonded over so Jackie has also experienced this in multiple different ways and times in her life so we wanted to talk about it because I think it's something we don't often talk about you know um we know as Christians, we we want to love people, we want to reconcile, and, and, and that's good. You know, forgiveness is really emphasized. But I think then it gets tricky when there are genuine situations where right. friendships need to end. So that's why right. we wanted to talk about this today. So, Allie, my first question yes. for you is friendships are tricky things. <laughs> and God often calls us to love really difficult people either they're being difficult for a season of their life or maybe they're just kind of a difficult person overall so what's been kind of your experience with that what does that look like in your life yeah yeah so just a little bit of background on my personality I have always had a bit of a savior or hero complex (laughs) and so when I was in high school I definitely Um, saw this play out even though I wasn't necessarily aware of it but it kind of resulted in me suppressing my emotions in the name of listening to others so that really started unhealthy patterns in my life and so in the midst of my attempting to be Jesus there were some really unhealthy and codependent friendships forming and so I think it was a perfectly horrible combo because of my personality and my tendencies of also being a people pleaser um, and, you know, to be the listener and 
the Sega complex, all that. So that kind of enabled those specific friends and that cycle just kind of continued to develop throughout mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I feel like that's really common in like really sweet Christian girls. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So true. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it's like it's a it's a beautiful part of your personality, and it's it's so sad that that can get mm-hmm. twisted or that can get unhealthy, right. or people take advantage right. of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we live in a culture where it's really popular to cut out toxicity and, of course, you know, cancel culture, <laughs> and this leads right, to right. Yeah. yeah, and it leads to many people cutting people out of their life instead of working through problems. That's definitely a big problem in our society right now. But there are definitely times when a relationship needs to be cut off for the health of you, for the other person. And can you expound on this and how you've seen this play out in your own life? Yeah, absolutely. So this is definitely such a trend these days. It's such a big thing to just, you know, oh, that person's toxic, gotta cut them out, you know, and so while I think it can be over, overdone as far as, you know, saying that that person's toxic when maybe you do need to just work through it, but also, on the other hand, I think it's really brought a lot of awareness to altogether abusive relationships, but also unhealthy relationships Yeah, that do need to be cut out. And so there, I do, I really do think there are times when a relationship does need to end. And that's where I think the discernment and self-awareness pieces come in. So is this friendship stressing me out to the degree that it's taking root somatically? So Mm. headaches, stomach aches, heart racing, heart palpitations, and also psychologically. So anxiety, nightmares, and I experienced all of this throughout um, this season for me and I know y'all have as well and it's awful it's consuming it's so consuming yeah um so I mean you know I can be loyal to a fault and I really try to see the good in others so my tendency is to try to hold on to that person even if they are causing me a lot of anxiety and they you know aren't wanting me to Christ either yeah and so you know back to that savior complex thing is I want to show them Jesus, but it's even, you know, while they're straying away from him or something like that, that I just think I can fix it. And that is codependency in itself on my part too, you know? So it's not Mm. just because of wanting to cut them out because they're toxic, but it's rather creating this space between you and them because you can't love them well anymore Mm. because there's just so much bitterness in your heart and that is just what I have experienced so fully you know like when the bitterness just wells up or just the anxiety and just how all-consuming it can be yeah wow I I just feel like there's a lot there that could be unpacked I, I I think that's such an important thing to point out that a lot of times you know, it's it's kind of a, a really good indicator that something is harming you when your body mm. just starts breaking down, you know, right. when, yeah. when you like can't just even like digest your food because you feel sick right. and when your face is breaking out with acne and you can't exactly. sleep at night, like 
it's just I think it's I think it's really like a beautiful way of showing how God made us holistic beings that what's affecting us emotionally and spiritually is going to be exhibited in our body that we're not just like a soul in a shell and and I think that's a, a good thing to point out that a lot of times people don't connect that to a relationship in their life and it right. can kind of go unnoticed then or just disconnected you know that right. they'll think like okay I have all these health issues and they won't realize like that yeah. this is somehow connected also to this like really harmful relationship in my life right exactly and I had you know my boyfriend who was soon to be my fiance at the time, like even just point that out and mm-hmm. friends and yeah, y'all, you know, be like, mm. no, there's, there's something wrong. <laughs> like mm. you're not well, you yeah. know? And I mean, I would have nightmares that would just like raid, raid, raid my dreams. And so I mm-hmm. wasn't getting rest. And then, yeah, it just, it snowballs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, the way you just laid, laid that out was so good. Um, I think this would be a really good point just to kind of define what exactly makes a friendship toxic. Because mm-hmm. I think what you're talking about is so important that, you know, that there can be times when there's a relationship where you need to step back because you can't properly right. love them. And right. I think a lot of times we don't think of that because a lot of this terminology is from our culture, right? You know, like cutting someone right. toxic out yeah. is like, right. they yeah. don't support me in all my decisions, even my bad ones. So I'm going to cut right. them out. And that's right. not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So could you just maybe kind of break down what makes a relationship, specifically a friendship, toxic? And why would it need to be ended in this way? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So my professor here at Denver Seminary was actually speaking a bit to this recently. She just kind of wanted to make sure that we understood that there's a distinction between having relationships that are unhealthy or quote-unquote toxic and relationships that are more of a ministry. And so those ministry relationships could look more like a mentoring relationship or Maybe just one that's not quite as life-giving as some other friendships you may have. But it's not necessarily harmful, you know. And so I think that's the distinction is that a toxic relationship, there's just, there's, it's surrounded by anxiety, by codependency. It's just not godly. There's just no boundaries. Yeah, that's a really um, important to point out, you know, because there can be, I, I think there's there's times when a friendship isn't exactly a two-way street, right? Mm-hmm. So right. if I'm going exactly. through some like really difficult suffering in my life, I might not be able to be as giving to you as a friend as you right. are to me. And maybe that's a season where you're pouring love on me and I'm just kind of receiving. And that's right. not bad or toxic. Right. Yeah. And that's not what exactly. we're talking about. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think another example of that could be, you know, a bride who's preparing for her wedding. So mm-hmm. that's a really stressful season. It's a really consuming season, especially, you know, if they're doing premarital counseling. Like, that was a really big deal for my husband and I at the time because it, it can mm-hmm. be really draining um, and just really emotionally consuming. So I think, you know, I saw a lot of my friends, like, really lean in and support me in that and, um, I tried to do the same when they were in their engagement season. And so I think that's another example of, a, you know, not necessarily fully two-way street 
at the time, but it's right. not, that's not what defines the friendship. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a pattern. Yeah. So right. I really exactly. want to, yeah, I really want to dig into this a little bit more for our listeners. What are really some practical red flags that a friendship is harmful and may need to be ended? And I think you did dig into this a little bit, but just to expound on those just practical red flags to look for. Yeah, for sure. So I think some of the things are pretty, um, they can be obvious, but when you're in it, sometimes you just don't realize, you know? So kind of, you know, this idea of like, rarely being supported um when you know like we're just talking about it's not defining a relationship to not have a two-way street you know so it's a one-way kind of thing there's not that support for you um also there's manipulation that you may not even realize there's controlling behavior um kind of walking on eggshells kind of being scared of what you're going to say and how they'll react and if they'll get angry, um, just kind of fearful of how they'll react. Yeah. And then a big one for me was just having unrealistic expectations for the friendship. So, you know, becoming, they become enraged when you don't respond to their phone calls or texts immediately, which I think just goes back to no boundaries, as I said before, um, and just the not having respect for you when you say no, or you just really aren't even available. You just uh, work or something, you know? Um, So I think another big one is punishing behavior. So like Mm. if they give you the silent treatment or, you know, they become really angry. um, I just think that can really show that there's no desire for reconciliation in that person. Yeah. And then also, I think if your friends and your family are saying that something doesn't seem right about the friendship, about the relationship, you really need to listen to them because they they see into that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it can really be a telling sign that you need to step back and evaluate this. Yeah, I really want to emphasize that point of if your family and friends are saying something Mm -hmm. because... I know I personally went through a situation where so many people were saying to me, this person I've seen be harmful to you. I see the way that yeah. you, the way they make you feel, which I think is another red, red flag is if you feel like they're constantly demeaning toward you or just make you yeah. feel really bad about yourself, really kind of crummy about yourself over and over. Yeah. And you just kind of push that off. But it's really easy to be like, no, but I really know them. And I know their intentions and I know they're not trying to hurt me and to just ignore what people on the outside right. can more clearly see. So I think it really is important to listen to people on the outside and also just really pay attention to how that friend makes you feel. And obviously friends might hurt you every once in a while. We all hurt each right. other or say things, but when right. it's a consistent thing that they're just making you feel bad about yourself and feel very disempowered. Right. Yes, for sure. That's all so practical. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's it's also just good to note that um, friendship is a gift from God, and it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. And, and friendship, you know, I, I think of just the, the proverb that talks about, like, a friend closer than a brother or, you mm-hmm. know, just all these, like, examples we see in Scripture of, you know, David and Jonathan or even, like... Um, the disciple John with Jesus and 
Mary and Martha and Lazarus and Jesus, mm-hmm. like all of these like beautiful examples of how friendships can really fill our lives and just be life giving to us. And if you feel like this friendship is draining your life, that, you know, that that's not the friendships that God gives us, you know, like it's right. just, that's something completely different. And I think that it's just sad to me that how many people remain in relationships that it's funny because when you almost look at it, it can kind of almost look like a toxic, like dating relationship in some yeah. senses when there's yeah. like the codependency and the punishing behaviors. And like, you know, if we saw this in someone dating, we would say like, oh, that's abusive. And we would call it right. out. But in a friendship, we tend to lean towards like, oh, well, we need to forgive them and things like right. that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so I, th- I think it's really, you know, good to note this. Um, but also there is this element, right, of that a lot of times we do truly care for this person. You know, there's a reason why we were friends with them. You know, we love them. And I think that's why it's so tricky and, and hard is because you know, if it was someone we didn't like or love, we would just be like, whatever, I'm not going to be around them. Right. But we, right. we do care for them. And I think, you know, I, I remember when I was going through a situation like this, it felt so heartbreaking and wrong mm. to cut mm-hmm. this person out because it just, mm. you know, it's like, oh, because it was so hard, I felt like it must be wrong. And right. I think it's important to note that just because something is really, really, really hard, that's not an indicator immediately that it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, because there is this love there, it can be so hard. Um, right. So, yeah. Do, yeah. Do you, you know, can cutting someone out of your life actually be the loving thing to do? Is it biblical? You know, if we're actually truly seeking to love this person, is this a loving thing to do? Is there ever a situation where that is mm. loving them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even just going back to your point before that, Meg, is, I mean, it really is such a deeply wounding thing, especially, you know, when you truly love this person. And yeah, everything in the friendship wasn't bad, you know? Mm-hmm. We can't have this immature way of splitting things where everything's good, everything's bad, you know? Um, but obviously in a toxic friendship, I think the majority of it is going to be bad. Yeah. Um, but when you do, when you do lose that friendship, um, it is, it is like a breakup. It is like you've broken up. Mm-hmm. With a, oh, for sure. Partner. It, it truly is because you have this whole season of like, okay, how, I don't talk to them anymore. I mean, what is this going to look like? And it's, it's really a season of grieving and mourning too, because it's the death of a friendship Mm -hmm. and you kind of have to think through, okay, what do I do now? Like, because this ended so poorly, so badly, so hurtfully, do I keep all of our pictures? You know, do I delete the pictures? Like with a boyfriend, it's a lot easier to be like, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to delete them, you know, Mm -hmm. no big deal. But, like, there are other friends involved in that as well. But, you know, you know what I mean? Just speaking on a super practical level, it's it's so, so hard. Yeah. It is so, so hard. Um, but as far as, you know, thinking about, okay, is this the loving thing to do? Is this in line with scripture? I really think it, it can be because, you know, if this person is causing detrimental harm to you and also those surrounding you, you know, those close to you, your friends, your partner, 
whomever, um, it is wise to cut that person out of your life. And the Lord tells us to, he doesn't tell us to always be reconciled. He tells us that we have to forgive as he has forgiven us. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that means that you have to be in close relationship with the person who has harmed you, especially yeah. if there has been a deep, deep breach of trust, a deep, deep breaking of trust. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm in Matthew 18, um, specifically, you know, we're told to forgive 70 times, 70 times. And so that can be so difficult, but that's what the Lord commands us to do. He commands us to forgive, um, not to be in close relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's so different. There, that distinction really, really needs to be made. Um, and reconciliation, if you are aiming for reconciliation, it also requires change to, to occur in that person has caused the harm so there's evidence that there's repentance Mm -hmm. and so if there's not you know that step of even acknowledging the pain that they've caused you and asking for forgiveness that's not a good sign and it's okay it is completely okay not to trust that person Mm -hmm. um yeah and i i also think um just thinking in line with scripture, you know, you you don't have to do this alone. Um, you shouldn't be doing this in isolation. You know, I think reconciliation needs to be done with someone maybe in a position of authority over yeah. both of you, like a counselor, a mentor, a pastor. And I think that is even taking kind of a biblical approach to, you know, if someone has sinned, you know, go to them. And then if they don't say anything, then take someone with you. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't repent, take someone with you. So I think that is kind of like a, a bit of a practical thing to do too. Yeah. I like how you pointed out, you know, that um, if they're harming you or and or slash yeah. and <laughs> yeah. harming yeah. people around us as well. Because I think about just, you know, a relationship in my life, a friendship that I had to end And it was years of this person really, really hurting me, but I could kind of like excuse it and be a doormat, right? right? Because it was me, whatever, like, yes, I was really hurt. And it wasn't until I got married and then this person lashed out at my husband that I was suddenly Mm -hmm. like, whoa, now I'm seeing the ripple effects of like keeping this person in my life is causing pain and harm to people that I really love and people who really love me. And I think... You know, that's something that we don't often talk about is the fact that, yes, like we should be seeking reconciliation, but only if that's even a possibility. You know, if this person isn't repentant and they're going to continue harming us and the people around us, it's not loving to those people around us. Right. It's selfish. Right. It's selfish on our part to continue in that pattern. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation is key. Because in the Bible, we are always called to forgive, always, Mm -hmm. but we are not always called to reconcile. Mm -hmm. And that is a very important distinction. And sometimes to even properly forgive, you do need to step away for your own mental, emotional, and spiritual health and really heal from that wound. Because if you keep going back, they're going to keep, you know, scraping into that wound and pulling open that wound and it will only fester and create more bitterness so to really heal sometimes you really need that space and it might be a permanent just cutting off of the relationship 
And if you do go back into the relationship, you do need that time to heal. And I think entering into the the relationship, you will have different boundaries and it may look different, Mm -hmm. which is really important. Right. Do you have maybe any advice for someone who maybe they're in the midst of this situation? You know, they're listening to this podcast and they're like, wow, I'm seeing these patterns in my life. I, I think this is really what I'm experiencing. Do you have advice for how they can discern, you know, if this is a situation where they should seek reconciliation, you know, even if it's difficult Mm. or if this is a situation where they Mm. need to just Mm -hmm. truly step away temporarily or even permanently? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, you know, I think if anyone is listening to this situation that really and truly, I just want to say I empathize with you and this is not an easy thing to go through. This is truly a stressful, stressful season, and it takes a lot of discernment and wisdom. Um, So I think, you know, kind of what we touched on earlier is that you need to speak with people who know you, who know Mm -hmm. the situation. So you need to speak with parents, grandparents, mentors, friends, Sprint specifically who are life-giving, you know, where there's a really healthy relationship there. And ask them their perspective on this, what you think is an unhealthy relationship. Um, Because you can really feel like you're going crazy if you don't have someone validate what you're feeling. Mm. Especially if there's manipulation. Yes, (laughs) so true. Exactly, Meg. Yeah, exactly. Because... Yeah, that person is making you feel like you're crazy and your emotions are not getting validated from them. And so I think it's so important to have your feelings validated, um, <laughs> to be told you're not crazy, but also just generally I think there's a distinct difference between having a difficult season with a friend versus mm. the friendship being healthy overall. Mm. And I know we touched on that. I think Jackie touched on that a little bit earlier, but you can have an argument with a friend or you can break a friend's trust in something that's happened or you can be hurt by them, vice versa, and it can still be a healthy life-giving friendship. Because we're human, right? We're sinners. Um, mm-hmm. But we work through that and there's this communal sense of wanting to be reconciled, you know, especially if that friend is a believer as well, you know, and wanting to be at peace, Um and your friendship comes out stronger. But if the unhealth has been a pattern the entire friendship, then I think there's something wrong. And, you know, it may not even truly be a friendship. You know, it may not even have the right to have that title. Yeah. Yeah. If the person isn't willing to see how they're hurting you and change and grow and work through it with you, then that's when I I think it is time to just to mm. end it. And there is really no room for reconciliation until you said that person shows true repentance and that they're willing to grow and work with you in whatever needed boundaries right. you have to enter back into that relationship. Right, right. And yeah. yeah, that can be really hard in Christian communities because a lot of times ending a friendship is seen as divisive, you know, and as Christians, we should strive for unity. So how would you respond to someone saying that to you when you know it's really time to end a friendship because it's toxic and it's harmful? Yeah. I think sometimes the best way to truly strive for unity is to say no, you know, to say no to 
the harmful words that are just eating you up <laughs> to say no to damaging your other relationships because of the situation mm-hmm. you know for me like we talked about earlier that was my husband um and as you shared that experience to meg it's it's not fair to them yeah um and you know something that i did throughout this season was i just like constantly 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 prayed Mm -hmm. about the situations with you know these now past friends um and i asked so many people who were you know in the situation with me who were removed from the situation with me who knew these people who didn't know these people i asked so many people (laughs) for their wisdom and their advice and i think when you have those older wiser christians and you have mature christian friends who surround you who not only affirm what you're feeling but they also support your response and disconnecting from these relationships I think you can really be confident that you're not doing this to be divisive. Your motive is not division. It's rather to put it to rest. Mm. Um, and because, you know, a sense of false peace or <laughs> false reconciliation, it's just, it's not going to accomplish anything and it's not going to foster true unity. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, the fact for me, the situation was consuming me and that alone is not causing unity in my soul but dissension and so it was just so draining to have to come to this person's every beck and call and I felt the stress in my body my soul my mind just like you know we were talking about earlier we're holistic beings and I felt that in every part of me every part of me Mm. and so I don't even know if I have I'll ever have reconciliation with these people, but you know, I kind of have to rest in the fact that I just have to daily, daily ask the Lord for forgiveness for mm-hmm. any bitterness that creeps into my heart. And then that He'll also give me strength to forgive them daily. Mm. Um, and so that is what has been a really big part of my healing. Um, and time as well time is a big thing that you know it being further and further away in the past um but it's still it's still taking time for me yeah (laughs) forgiveness forgiveness takes a very long time and sometimes it takes a lot longer than we think and I remember I had I went through a very toxic situation with a friend and it was really bad I won't get into the details um Mm -hmm. But we took a step back for a really long time, a few months, and I needed that that time to heal. And I remember it was um, the Feast of Divine Mercy, which is a really Catholic thing. But I felt God saying to me, okay, now is time that you can enter back into this relationship. And it actually happened supernaturally. But that was after me just staying close to God and surrendering it to him. And being right. like, I, I feel like you, I needed to cut this out. You know, wise people told me I needed to. And I felt like you were saying, this is what I need to do. And then he brought the friend back into my life for us to reconcile. But right. the friendship was different. Yes, It had different boundaries. It did not look the same. And it has never looked the same mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. before we had that very serious falling out. So right. what do proper boundaries and friendships look like do you think? Yeah. So I think a big part of this is having the ability to remain autonomous 
um, but still having the ability to be really vulnerable and therefore be close with your friend, you know. Um, and then having confidence in your communication. So especially with texting, with social media, with FaceTime, there are just so many ways to communicate nowadays. And I think having the confidence that this person isn't mad at you or neglecting you because they weren't able to answer your call, even in, you know, if you're going through a rough situation, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a healthy separation there. I think that's a good sign that there's not codependency. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, you know, that your friend shouldn't be there for you. But I think there's just this distinction between, you know, needing to be there at every moment, <laughs> you know, and punishing the person if they're not, yeah. <laughs> you know, whether they have their own life situation going on or <laughs> even just the simple thing, like they weren't near their friend, you know what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I think another one is being able to say no, whether, you know, that's something small like hanging out, if you're swamped with work or homework or you're just needing like, to slow down, I think a true friend will understand that, you know, and they'll respect your no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I think having support from both sides and mm-hmm. also being turned to Christ and that friendship, um, they are, you know, they want your best interest. And another thing is I think having them pray for you and you know that they are, mm-hmm. um, and then another one is, feeling confident to acknowledge your hurt so you know that they would want to know because you would want to know if you have hurt them mm-hmm. um, and so that's where you know it's okay to have unhealthy seasons with a friend you know where you're in tension but you're aiming for that reconciliation and you're both on the same page as that even if you don't fully understand each other's hurt at the time yeah but there's just yeah. this sense of wanting to seek forgiveness and wanting to be restored to each other. Mm-hmm. I really like how you you keep emphasizing prayer, right? I, I know you mentioned this, you know, with the answer to the question about, you know, divisiveness and unity that, you know, in, in this entire process, we should be seeking after the Lord and just really falling on our knees and mm. just praying and having other people pray for us, having other people pray with us, mm-hmm. praying over the people that are hurting us, you know, just right. that should just be like seeping into every area. Um, and I know I, I just feel like if you are genuinely seeking after the Lord in prayer, that your heart is not to be divisive. Yeah. You know, and, yes. and I love that you really pointed that out, that, you know, if, if you are really seeking to pray for this person and pray for the situation and you are looking to God and saying, please give me wisdom, that you are not going into this with a heart of right. divisiveness. You are actually going into this with a heart of unity, that you want, right. like you are truly loving the person because you are truly wanting the best for them. And right. I know I've seen you know, in my own life and in other people's lives, the difficulty kind of comes into play or the tension that can be present here is if this person is part of a larger friend group, right? Because a lot of times these accusations of you're being divisive come from these people who are 
you know, it just gets so messy because they're also evolved in the friend group. And maybe yeah. they're looking at this from a different perspective. They don't know everything yeah. that's been going on. And so they would look at this and they say, how can you just cut this person out completely? Right. You know, what's going on? And a lot of times, you know, this just kind of can compound the pain because maybe you're not right. just losing this person that you really did care about and you had a relationship with, but now you're kind of losing your whole social sphere. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice would you have for a person who maybe is a part of a larger friend group that is going through this situation? How can they handle this properly and in a way that's healthy? Yeah, yeah. So I think this is a really, really good question because this is such difficult laughing trend. I mean, this is so, so difficult. And I think it's a hard question to answer just generally too because I think it can be so subjective to the situation. Mm-hmm. But for me, um, these past relationships were across all my circles. <laughs> like, I there is no way I could even disconnect with all of the people that yep. we know. You know what I mean? Like, mutually, it would. It, it's kind of crazy. Um, so I'm just kind of still going through this process of um, sifting through that and. For a while, I mean, I wasn't even on social media because it just stressed me out so much because mm-hmm. there were just constant reminders of yep. these people. And it was just, it was too much. It was too much for me. Um, so I have definitely gone through the process and I'm still going through the process of just like, I'm following people, <laughs> I'm friending people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a right to my privacy, you know, for mm-hmm one but also you know I think the people close to those broken friendships of mine they don't even need to know what's happening in my life anyway you know and with a lot of them they're they're just acquaintances you know it's not like I would hang out with them or anything um and so there, I don't think there needs to be like this big conversation of like I'm setting a boundary of I'm following you you know I mean I don't think there needs to be this big break in that but Mm -hmm. that's been a really practical thing for me to do just to set those barriers just in my mind to not have those constant reminders um because it can just I can just go down a really unhealthy um spiral of like oh no I wonder what they think of me I wonder this I wonder that (laughs) that is just oh my it's not good (laughs) it's really really um detrimental to mental health you know mm-hmm. um so as far as like the acquaintance side of things that's how I've handled things but there are also a lot of people um that I'm still really connected to and I have a good relationship with that are connected to the people in the broken friendships and so I'm still kind of figuring that out like what does that dynamic look like um how to kind of handle those situations so <laughs> I don't really have a great answer no, I, I really think that's helpful. I think, um, you know, I think it's it's hard and it's not really the answer you want to hear, but it's so contextual. You know, it just, it yeah. totally depends on the friend group dynamic. It depends on, even right. if that friend group is in and of itself healthy. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times mm-hmm. what these situations can reveal is that it might not have even just been the individual friend. It could have been the entire yeah. circle of friends. And, right. you know, I, I also just kind of want to, this is a little off our outline that we put together, but just thinking through the biblical grounds for 
you know, times when they're seemingly disunity, right? And I, I think a lot of times we have this misconception that we're always supposed to seek unity. Um, and we are called as Christians to seek after unity, but there's a lot of examples in the Bible where there is separation mm. and there is division and there is God commanding his people to go away from people and to depart. And I think we see this all through the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament as well. Um, we see Paul telling people, you know, if there is someone among you who is unrepentant, that you're to cast them out. Then, you know, and, and even that, you know, you're doing that with the hopes that one day they will repent and right. come back, you know, because you do right. care for their soul. Um, right. You know, we see this in First John. John's saying, ladies, why are you going and getting dinner with these people? Have nothing to do with them. And so, yeah. you know, I think it's so complicated. And, mm -hmm. you know, what you're pointing out, too, is, you know, it, it can kind of be triggering to be around some oh, of these yeah. people or to see them or even just to have them involved in your life if they've right. been connected to this to this kind of abusive friendship because it can either yeah. bring back memories or remind or they can just have some unhealthy patterns of trying to push you into a relationship with this person yeah. or whatever you know there's yeah. a lot of dynamics that can be going on yeah. it can be super invasive yeah I know sometimes it is best like Megan said that God just reveals to you that that entire friend group was in some ways toxic and I know personally yeah. for me I had to take a step away from everyone in the friend group for a while because like I said it was a reminder it was more of you know digging into that wound scratching open that wound and you really need to right. step away and take that time with God to heal and there may be individually people in the friend group maybe you had a deeper friendship with that you can hang out with separately mm -hmm. but there's really no way to get around the fact that your whole life really just shifts when right. you're cut out of an entire friend group when you have to for right. your own mental health just take a step back and that is really difficult but I would really just sit with that with God and dig into and ask God are you asking me to step back into friendships with this group at some point with just individuals or was this really just something I needed to be away yeah. from um, even if, if that's just for a time or forever and just seeing where yeah, the peace right. is and following God in that but there's really right. no way getting around that it sucks <laughs> yeah. it sucks no, no, yeah no it's good I think just having the confidence to even be able to do that too because yeah. like I was saying earlier I can totally just slip into this oh no they're gonna think I'm mad at them too you know what I mean yeah but no, it's just like I'm just setting a boundary here and that's healthy for me and it really it's really not that big of a deal because I don't even see you anyway you know what I mean yep. be like I may run into you at a coffee shop or something I can just say hi. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think we're not allowed to like set boundaries or that that's somehow selfish. Mm -hmm. And no, that's, that's healthy. <laughs> and right. people yeah. are not entitled to our privacy. And I think, you know, right. that's something that it's really good for us to learn with boundaries. I, I remember someone once broke it down into this really helpful image to me that there's kind of like you're standing at the center of a circle and then there's a circle outside that circle mm -hmm. and then there's a circle outside mm -hmm. that circle and it's kind of like representation of the different kind of um, relationships you have in your, your life so there's people in your right. innermost circle and those are the people that you can trust they know like every little deep thing about you you know yeah. for a lot of people that's your family you know, yeah. sadly for some, that's not the case, but you know, it's, it's the people that are family to you. 
And then as you move outside that circle and you get further and further away, those relationships are different and there's different boundaries with those. And there's different levels of closeness that those people get. And that's not wrong or bad. Someone being in one of those outer circles is healthy and right. You know, we're not supposed to have everybody in our inner circle. And we see even like Jesus example this with the disciples. He had... He had his 12 disciples, but even in that, he had those three. He had Peter and John and, and James. And then he had, even outside the 12 disciples, he had even more disciples. And then he just had general Mm -hmm. followers, you know, and it it kept going out. And so I think a lot of times people might be hesitant to set that bond. Like you were saying, you know, you think, oh, well, they'll think that I don't like them or they'll be hurt. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if that's the case, if someone is in that one of those outer circles and they're expecting to have inner circle privileges, right. that that's an indication right. or a red flag that that's not a healthy relationship. Right. And it points back to your own heart's motivations of people-pleasing, at least for me. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. Oh, oh, but they won't like me anymore. I feel bad. Really, the underlying motive there is I want them to still like me and I want to please them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And while that can look really good, it's not it's ultimately not and mm-hmm. I know I keep harping on social media but I think that it has just revolutionized obviously the world um but also with how people have the concentric circles like you were just talking about yeah. Meg, you know where you have your closest and most circle and then out and out now and I think social media has really kind of broken a lot of those circles because everyone can have access to everything yeah, and I think that's a good point that can be really, really unhealthy too. You know what I mean? Where you need to, when you are, say, hypothetically, like I'm following people who are related, who are close to the um, broken friendships that you have, then it's really okay that you are shutting that door because it's just social media also. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Even for the sake of, not gossiping it's best to not be sharing a super intimate situation that like ripped you apart from the inside in a friendship to be going and sharing that with like people on the outside circle it's just it's probably not something good as a Christian to even be doing and it's Mm -hmm. you know what's really difficult sometimes is you just want to be understood Mm -hmm. that need to have your point of view known by everyone in the group and seen and be like I want them to know why I'm taking a step back and why I was right in this and my side of the story and sometimes it's just you have to be humble in a way of just letting that go Mm -hmm. and taking the step back Mm -hmm. and doing what you need to do to heal and that can be really difficult yeah yep Mm. that's a really good point yeah yeah and even that goes back into that people pleasing too like well I want everyone to know (laughs) that yeah (laughs) yes it's I think you know I think the blessing and like this is so messy and so heartbreaking and hard, but I think a blessing maybe that's hidden in all of it is that it does, it forces us to do a lot of heart checks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It forces us to really take a a deep inner look and spend time with Jesus and just say, okay, what are my motives? Like just really examine ourselves, really examine our spirit and things. And I, and I think that can be good. And, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times, at least in my own life, I've seen when I have taken, 
uh, a step back from doing that. <laughs> and I've just kind of been going through the motions and doing things. It's when I kind of get myself into some of these situations. And then yeah. it's, a, it's a reminder from the Lord, like, hey, you have not been very attentive to my Holy Spirit. I've been right. trying to point things out to you. I've, I've been gentle. I've been like doing it slowly and you haven't been listening. So now things have fallen apart. And it's only because I love you that I'm letting it fall apart because this is not good for you. Right. And right. And so I think, you know, that's something that even in the midst of this, we can praise God. Like, thank you for getting me out of this, even though it was really, really hard. And thank you for, you know, allowing me to see these areas in my life that I need growth. Yeah, absolutely. You can see like, Lord, where am I rooted? Mm -hmm. Am I rooted in you or am I rooted in this friend group being accepted by these people in this unhealthy friendship in whatever ways I was feeling validated in some way? Where am I rooted? And I think when we get ripped out of these situations or God lets lets our lives just be bulldozed over, which is definitely how it feels sometimes. He's showing you exactly what Megan said. Where are your weaknesses? Where are your intentions not pure? And where are you actually rooted? Because it should be in the Lord. And that's the only way to have healthy friendships anyway is to be rooted in the Lord. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think we can become so desensitized when you are in those unhealthy friendships, unhealthy friend groups, where there are just, there's just so much manipulation, controlling behavior, and you, you kind of become used to it over, over the time, you know, over the months, over the years, and so, yeah, I just think, like y'all were just saying, it is just, it's so, so vital to be in, in communion with the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, and, um, yeah, to be asking for wisdom and discernment from him and mm-hmm. from those who know you and know the situation. Yeah. Thank you so much for just kind of breaking this down. I think you have such wisdom just from experience, mm-hmm. but I mean, also you're going to school to be a counselor. So I feel like you're just very like, you're very aware of, you know, these situations and kind of just how someone's heart can be affected by this so I'm so glad that you know we had the opportunity to talk through this with you because I know this is something that would have been really helpful for me when I was going through you know a lot of these really difficult friend situations Um, so what were maybe some resources that you found that just really helped you with this topic that we could kind of point people towards to help them as well yeah absolutely so some couple or a couple book recommendations um one is Changes That Heal by Dr. Henry Cloud. That book has been so, so formative in my life. We love Dr. Cloud. <laughs> He's the best. I love him so much. Yes. And I mean, he, yeah, he talks so much about owning your no and being able to set those boundaries. Um, mm-hmm. And then also Boundaries, the book Boundaries by Dr. Cloud and Dr. Townsend, which I think y'all are familiar with too. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, yeah, it is just really it's good at, you know, laying a foundation of what boundaries are and what they look like and they're also providing some practical tools. Um, and then another one is, you know, I'm a huge proponent because I'm in a program right now for counseling, but also because of the experience that I have had with therapy. And so I cannot recommend going yeah. counseling enough. Um, I really think it is, it is really healing to have someone, um, understand and offer empathy towards you 
in your situation, you know, who someone who's completely removed from it, mm-hmm. but also provide you with some practical tools in your tool belt, as my counselor used to say. Yeah. So you can kind of have your emotions be um, faithful servants, not demanding masters. That's mm-hmm. another thing my counselor would always say is oh, you I let like them that. guide you. You let you let your emotions guide you, not consume you and overtake you. Um, so I can't can't um, promote counseling enough. Um, but then also something just kind of seemingly simple, but something that's been really practical for me is that I have just had to practice praying for the people that I've had to mm-hmm. cut out of my life. Because um, bitterness will just take root, it'll <sighs> consume you. Yep. <laughs> I have had this, you know, yeah, I just have this so much in my life. And so, other than processing with friends and with counselors, I think it's so vital to pray for those people because it will soften your heart towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also music too. And so one of the songs that has been such a comfort to me is what a friend we have in Jesus. And so oh. it's okay. I just like to read a little bit of that. Yeah, please do. Um, yeah. So what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And then this last stanza always gets me. Um, Can we find a friend so faithful? who will all our sorrows share. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. I love that hymn. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And you know, the Lord, Jesus shares. He empathizes with our pain. We have a great high priest who knows us, who has experienced pain. Even far worse than losing some friends you know he had the world turn against him and Mm -hmm. he was literally in the season of lit you know we remember that he was nailed to that cross and he took our pain and he took our punishment and placed it on himself and he was able to bear that and so i just think it it is such a good reminder Mm -hmm. to remember to turn to the lord to turn your eyes heavenward and know that he he can handle this situation yeah. And he knows exactly, exactly what you're feeling. I know for me, it helped her remind myself that Jesus, I think because sometimes we, you know, we, we say that first, like, you know, he is able to sympathize with us or, you know, he's been through, mm. but I sometimes forget he literally went through friend betrayal, like Judas yeah. betrayed him to the yeah. death. And I, and I always like that scene where Judas, you know, kisses him as a way of identifying that he is the one they should kill. Just how much that must have pierced his heart. And then I also think about just with Peter, like Peter was someone in his innermost circle and Peter denied him three times. And how, you know, Jesus, like he just, his heart is breaking with yours while you go through this. And he knows exactly how you feel to a depth we can't even understand 
And I think that was even just so helpful for me too, was reading the gospels Mm -hmm. and just seeing how, how much love and how much sacrifice Jesus poured out just to face rejection and face Mm -hmm. people he really cared about turning on him. And, you know, that can just be so helpful. You know, you reading that hymn, it can help us take things to him then in prayer because we know we're talking to someone who went through something even worse and who is not judging us that you know he's not one of the friends that's telling us we're being divisive he's someone who's yeah. like girl yeah. I've been there <laughs> yeah. I know what you're feeling right. and I love you and you know I'm hugging you right now mm-hmm. um so that I know is something that helped me and also I I really like this podcast episode by Jackie Hill Perry and her husband yes. Preston Perry um, so called good. Toxic Friendships and they kind of just they really go through a lot of different red flags and in, and also times you're supposed to reconcile and and just right. talking through those situations and I know Allie you and I have talked about that episode specifically yes. yeah <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I was going to mention before both oh, no. of you. So that's, I mean, we're all, we were all on the same page that Jesus said from the cross, you know, he was bleeding and mutilated and he said, forgive them father for they yeah. know not what they do. Mm-hmm. And so like, like you said, we're always called to forgive. And I think the only way to forgive, especially when it was a deep hurt is to go to Jesus and ask him for the mm-hmm. grace mm-hmm. and ask him over and over and over to heal that wound, to help you to right. forgive and to really to flesh out that bitterness because that is what will keep you attached and hurt and that friendship is not really forgiving and it will take time Mm -hmm. but yes we have a high priest we have a god who knows intimately what we're going through and he's he's waiting on the cross for us to go to him and be with him Mm -hmm. and he knows our pain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you just once again for taking time out of your evening to talk with us um And, you know, if anyone is listening right now and they they are going through a similar situation or maybe they're healing and trying to process from a situation or or maybe you haven't experienced this, but, you know, someone who has uh, we would we would love to hear from you. Um, So please feel free to reach out for uh, to us. Um, Yeah. And Allie, just thank you so much for the resources and just your wisdom. I think you just. Yeah, I've just outlined so much. Like we could talk for hours and hours about just things you have said. But thank you. Thank you all so much. It has been a privilege and really cathartic too to be able to like process through all of this and think and write it all out. So thank you all so much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've just highlighted the goal of our podcast, which is to talk about it. <laughs> we paid her a lot to say that. <laughs> Perfect timing, Allie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, but really, you know, you you bring it up, like you know, it's so important to talk about. Like a lot of this these this issue specifically, I feel like is a lot of times just hidden in the dark, and we need to bring it to the light. So that's why we should talk about it. 